0: Everybody, everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils Podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Thursday, April 27th, 2023. I hope that you're doing well here today. Excited on the program to have my good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham here with us. We'll talk a little bit about the recent news and notes from Duke men's basketball and then a couple of season review profiles on Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor, the backcourt for Duke, what we liked about the seasons that were this past year for John Shire's squad in his first tenure as head coach. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. If you have any mailbag questions for us, send them to us on Twitter. Ask them in the YouTube comments. Send us an email, lockdownbluedevils at gmail.com. So a million different ways to submit those mailbag questions, and we'll answer those coming up on another Mailbag Monday of the program. Here very soon. All right, without further ado, let me bring on my good pal, Kevin Connolly, uh, to talk about what's been happening thus far this week for Duke men's basketball. And Kevin, here we were throughout the week, anticipating uh, the weekend ahead, anticipating Caden Shedrick to take an official visit to Duke this upcoming weekend uh, in the transfer portal, continuing to monitor that for John Shire's squad, the Virginia transfer, of course, the center. That we've been discussing here on the program. Next thing you know, he's already made a college decision. That's not Duke. So we're just waiting uh, anticipating what that next move is going to be for next year's squad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Cedric goes to uh, Texas. I um, felt like it either had to be Texas or Missouri as he visited those two schools and then canceled everything else. So um, yeah, it's a lot of question marks right now as to who Duke is going to target next. I still think they have to add another big in that transfer portal Um, And I think you're still going to see a lot of guys still enter the transfer portal. Um, I I don't remember off the top of my head the date that uh, the transfer portal closes when you lose eligibility for next season, but um, the draft withdrawal date is May 31st. Now you're still going to get a lot of guys that don't get invites to the combine that have declared to the NBA draft. Um, that are going to withdraw if they don't get combine invites and no NBA team workouts, and they could still enter the transfer portal. So um, portal might have died down now a little bit in terms of people entering it, but there's still going to be a lot of movement left in the transfer portal before everything's said and done.
0: Yeah, that portal 60 days from Selection Sunday onward. So Selection Sunday to the end of the year, that's either May 11th, May 13th, something like that. That's the day uh, in which players have got to make that decision to move forward. So here we are expecting... Uh, some news possibly for Duke. Of course, Jeremy Roach has uh, maintained his college eligibility throughout this draft process. He's got that May 31st deadline to kind of keep moving forward and, and see what decision he ultimately wants to make in regards to his status with Duke next year. And then does Duke go out and try and find a transfer center? Uh, a lot of people talking about Dayron Holmes at Dayton who was declared for the draft, maintaining college eligibility. That's another popular name I think Duke fans would be excited about, Kev.
1: Yeah, so that's another name you heard really even before the Shedrick News um, saw that he's going into the draft as well. So something to keep an eye on. Heard conflicting reports that he's fully committed to the draft. Heard other reports that he's going to test the waters. I know he's still maintaining maintaining his college eligibility. Um, but it, it feels like that'd be a really good athletic virtual piece you could plug into the five spot for this Duke team.
0: So we'll see what decision he ultimately makes and whether or not he plays for uh, for Duke maybe this upcoming season. Uh, some other news to catch you up on this week. Of course, a lot of eyes uh, were down in Atlanta last weekend with the uh, Nike EYBL event. John Shire was on hand with pretty much his entire coaching staff, uh, Jai Lucas, Samuel Jefferson, Chris Carowell. And then Jason Tatum, a surprise visitor, sitting front row at a couple of big-time games as Duke's looking for the next kind of premier talent.
1: Yeah, really interesting, just given the whole timeline. I mean, you knew the coaching staff would be down there, and obviously Tatum down there as well. But like, it's not like he just went out on a random uh, Thursday night in the regular season to hang out with his buddies, the Duke coaches, and watch some high school talent. I mean, middle of the playoff series and the Celtics were just coming off a loss, I I believe he was there Saturday, so it was a loss on Friday in Game 3 to the Hawks. So, like, it wasn't like this was just your run-of-the-mill uh, <laughs> February game in Atlanta where he had some time to kill. Like, this was, like, really important time for Tatum and the Celtics, and he still found the time to go and meet uh, the Duke coaches and sit there with them and watch some of these prospects. So I think it really says volumes about um, not just what Jason Tatum thinks about Duke University and the Duke men's basketball program, but also – his relationship with John Shire, who was his coach, assistant coach at Duke, Emil Jefferson, who was his teammate at Duke. Um, I really think it says a lot about how much of an ambassador Jason Tatum is um, for Duke University as a whole, and specifically the Duke basketball program.
0: What do you think that does for the high school basketball players? I mean, obviously they're hoop heads. Obviously they're aware of who Jason Tatum is. I mean, you're playing a game, and then you look over, and uh, hey, that's Jason Tatum.
1: Well, I think you also have to think about it like – this new generation of high school players. So like when John Shire and Nolan Smith and um, J.J. Redick and all these players were um, coming to Duke, it was like Michael Jordan. Like that was the NBA guy. Um, Then you go a little bit further and even say like Zion Williamson and Marvin Bagley and and R.J. Barrett. It was Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. Now you're getting into that era of high school players where – it's Jason Tatum, it's Luka Doncic, it's Steph Curry. Now, obviously, it's still um, LeBron James and player and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid, but like Jason Tatum's in that crop as well. So these high school players are like, oh man, like Jason Tatum's hanging out with John Shire. Like maybe I should take another second look at Duke to see what this program really has to offer because like, I don't think any other uh, program that was down at the EYBL uh, session. Um, had someone the caliber of Jason Tatum sitting on the sidelines.
0: No kidding. I mean, that did wonders, I'm sure, uh, for what Duke is trying to do. So we'll see uh, what this 2024 class looks like as Duke is hoping to get a couple of more commits possibly during the upcoming recruiting cycle and that sort of thing. So we will see what this Duke squad uh, can do. So uh, with that being said, we do want to take a look at the seasons that were for the backcourt For Duke, we'll continue a a season review after this timeout here on the program. Lockdown Blue Devils today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. They're healthy and taste amazing. The best part: 100% real chocolate. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Available now at your local Walmart or Sam's Club for in-person pickup. Of course, you can always go online and check out Built.com. Always use our promo code LOCKED15. LOCKED15. Again, Built Bar is the way to go to get your day started. Built Bar, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Blue Devils. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. All right, let's review some of the seasons that were for Duke men's basketball. And I want to have a back uh, backcourt focus for the squad with Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor being the uh, the main guys here for conversation. Taking a look at the year that was for the captain, Jeremy Roach, What comes to mind first for you, Kevin?
1: Well, first thing I think is resiliency because there was so much expectation surrounding him coming into the year after his NCAA tournament two years ago um, in which Duke went to the Final Four. And he announces he's returning, and it's going to be this big Jeremy Roach show. He's going to be one of the best players in the country, and he starts off really well, as you would expect. And then um, I think it was in the Purdue game where he got that toe injury in the championship game of the uh, Phil Knight Invitational. And you could tell he was really hobbled by it, tried to fight through it. And I think he played up until that Iowa game in the guard in the Jimmy V Classic. And he he, he, he wasn't practicing and, and he just didn't look right, but he was still playing well. And, and then he sat and, and re-aggravated it and, and sat for a really good almost a month. I mean, Duke got lucky they didn't have uh, games for about two weeks there because of the holidays and final exams. Um, But I I would say resiliency because then when he came back, um, he made the move to go off the ball. His three-point shooting really has improved throughout his first three seasons at Duke. It allowed Tyrese Proctor to play at the point guard, and that really changed the season for Duke.
0: Every single year, that three-point percentage has gotten better for Roach. This year, of course, at that 34% uh, clip, which is just remarkable work that he was able to do putting in for Duke and, and moving off the ball, as you said, was kind of the pivotal turning point. Nobody wants to battle injuries. Unfortunately, that's something that Roach had to do for a few games, playing in 32 contests, missing four. So uh, taking a look at, at his just overall numbers, he still turned into a uh, a, a good score for Duke this season, a reliable score, I should say, with the efforts that he was able to make.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you could still put the ball in his hands and know that he could get you a bucket off the dribble. And I think that was the most important thing. Really, you didn't play him as a um, pure two guard when Roach got moved to the one. It wasn't like what we saw with Tyus Jones and Quinn Cook in 2015. Um, But it was still like, okay, Tyrese Proctor, he's going to be the point guard. We know Jeremy Roach is smart enough and has a high enough basketball IQ to play the two naturally. But if we need to change things up and need a iso bucket from our point guard in Jeremy Roach, or our our guard, I should say, in Jeremy Roach, excuse me, we can still get that basket.
0: Yeah, and he was able to go get that basket for Duke, which uh, we're certainly grateful for. So fun to watch, and now the question is whether or not he returns for another season. A lot of rumors about the transfer portal kind of during the year even, Uh, because you were aware of the backcourt situation for next season. This is even before we knew Proctor's decision, but you've got Caleb Foster, you've got Jared McCain coming into it, um, and a lot of people, quite frankly, not knowing what professional or what NBA opportunities look like for Jeremy Roach. Let's get this straight. If he wants to play professional basketball, there are so many leagues out there, so many overseas careers to be had and a lot of money to make. Jeremy Roach is going to be perfectly fine. But that decision, whether or not to continue his college career, specifically for Duke, is a question that's still remaining.
1: Well, absolutely. And I, I would even go back a little bit further. And before Duke made that run to the Final Four last year, uh-huh. there were, the, there were the, and he was really the star behind Paulo Banquero of that Final Four run, there was rumors about he was going to enter the transfer portal after his what would that be a sophomore season? Yeah. Um, and because he had this spectacular run and he was finally coming into his own, he stayed for the, his junior year was named captain and and the rest is, I guess, history, um, at least a little bit of history in the Duke basketball record books. But, yeah, there are even those rumors um, during his sophomore season before he was one of the catalysts for that final four run.
0: Yeah, exciting to uh, to see what he can do at the next level, of course, but we want him to play one more year, at least I do, uh, for Duke. I'd love to see the coaching staff have to figure out those chess pieces in making the backcourt work with the experience of Roach. But look, I mean, Jared McCain, the way he shoots the basketball, I think you got to find a spot on him for the floor with how dynamic he can be. So can Jeremy Roach possibly be an off-the-bench Spark plug for your squad if he were to return next season. I think that's a big question.
1: I I, I don't know if he, if he returns if he'd come off the bench. I think he would one hundred percent be starting. But don't worry, Jared McCain's going to play. He's going to play a lot. He's too good of a shooter to keep on the bench. Um, he's going to be your sixth man, or he's going to be your starting shooting guard, depending how the rest of the. Uh, roster shakes out
0: yeah I'm just someone Kevin as you know if you're a shooter I'm going to have a special place in my heart for you and I'm (laughs) going to advocate for all minutes possible
1: for you uh,
0: when it comes to what you could do for Duke so let's uh, talk about Tyrese Proctor and the year that he had and we'll do that in just a moment after our final timeout here on today's show Today is the NFL Draft, and we want you to make sure you're prepared for it by listening to Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special. It's here, and it's bigger than ever. Follow along all 32 teams' first pick in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On can deliver. Six episodes, you still got time. Go listen to it right now ahead of the draft taking place tonight. All episodes are available now on the Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Give me a plug for your website, Kevin.
1: Well, follow us, balldurham.com, and follow us on Twitter, ball underscore Durham. Um, got a lot NBA playoffs obviously going on. Um, we're still following any scheduling news, any roster news, um, really anything that comes Duke basketball, we got it for you. And also uh, last weekend was the Duke football spring game. So before you know it, football season be knocking around the corner. So uh, gearing up for that as well. But right now we still got a lot of basketball content. We're primarily basketball content. Uh, but, hey, even Duke baseball doing really well for themselves, uh, eyeing down an NCAA tournament bid. So uh, we'll be on top of that as well. Yeah. Um, in a couple of weeks.
0: Big sweep this past weekend for Duke, taking off Louisville there on the diamond. You mentioned football. The spring game is come and gone. Uh, the draft taking place mm-hmm. this weekend. Could there be a couple of Blue Devils in the later rounds that hear their name called? That's something to follow along here this weekend. Quarterbacks are always the conversation when it comes to NFL draft weekend. Riley Leonard, a, few, a year or so, possibly a few more, away from that part of his life. Hopefully he's set for NFL stardom at some point as well. So, and you got all that content over at uh, Ball Durham.
1: Yeah, well, I was watching even um, part of the spring game, and I think it was the pregame or halftime, I'm not sure which one. But EJ Manuel, one of the ACC football analysts, said thinks Riley Leonard could be a dark horse Heisman candidate. No kidding. And, uh, yeah, I, right. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know about that. I would pump the brakes on that a little bit, but certainly tells you that. Uh, obviously we talked about it last year a little bit that Mike Elko and this Blue Devil team has certainly uh, turned a corner entering year two.
0: All gas, no breaks, Kevin. That's the way to go. Throw those takes out there. That's the way I'm looking at it. Absolutely. uh, All right, let's uh, let's keep moving forward talking about this Duke team from the year that was Roach, a guy that we talked a good bit about a little bit ago. So now let's turn our attention to his backcourt mate, uh, pun intended for the Australian, (laughs) Tyrese Proctor, who played in all 36 games for Duke, a big player for the Blue Devils this past season. First and foremost, what do you think of when it comes to his year?
1: Well, I think you said at first, played in all 36 games. I think it was him and Kyle Filipowski who were the only ones to do that after Mark Mitchell missed uh, the Tennessee game in the NCAA tournament. Um, So reliability. You knew he was going to be out there every single game, and I think that's the biggest thing you want, especially from what you're envisioning to be your starting point guard next year. You want to know that you're going to have that trusty uh, ball handler out there. The starting point guard under Coach K was like an extension of Coach K out there on the court. You figure it's the same thing. For John Shire as well. Obviously, it was a tough start for Tyrese Proctor. We've documented this um, throughout the season with yes, how yeah. late how late he got to Duke um, because he was still in Australia going through things um, with their uh, basketball national team. So he wasn't there in July and August. He didn't really get there till mid September, early September, I should say, um, to begin practice. So you're already behind the eight ball right there. Um, struggled with his three-point shooting, but 32%. That that came a long way from where he was right around middle of December, early January, and then obviously you saw in the NCAA tournament his pure individual basketball skills, his passing ability. Um, Duke is in really good hands next year. Tyrese Proctor is the starting point guard.
0: Yeah, of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see we've got his stats there on the screen. Played in all 36 games. 9.4 points per game, 3.3 assists per game, 3.1 rebounds per game, and 32% shooting from three-point range. As a sophomore, we know Proctor is coming back. He made that decision. Those numbers you see there on the screen, Kevin, do they go up going into the second season?
1: I think points will go up. I think assists will go up. I think three-point shooting goes up. Not really sure about the rebounding. Um, I could see the rebounding continuing to hover around three, maybe sure. take a little bit of a dip um, down to into the high twos. But, yeah, I definitely think the points, the assists, and I think the three-point shooting will improve next year for Tyrese Proctor.
0: Those offensive numbers you think are yes. going to go up. Yeah, why, I think, why, yeah. why? Why do
1: you say that? Because he's going to be more comfortable. He's going to be a 35-plus-minute guy from day one. Um, and, and, again, this isn't sourced or anything, just a gut feeling Jeremy Roach doesn't come back. So I think the ball is going to be in Tyrese Proctor's hands solely out on the floor. And then in turn, I just think you'll see those uh, offensive numbers rise.
0: Yeah. I, I'm excited to see the scoring go up a little bit because we saw it there in the Tennessee game. I mean, his shot making ability is yeah. uh, electric when he's really feeling getting on. And then uh, the passing, he's got a couple of highlights this year with passes. that It's like, I don't know how we saw that guy open, but he, he was able to make it happen, able to do that. So, uh, offense, I'm there with you. What we don't talk often enough about, and this has been a conversation mm-hmm. on the show the last few weeks, is the defensive effort for Proctor. Here's who we praised this past year on defense. Derek Lively the second, and then Mark Mitchell, more notably after that Tennessee game, we promoted the uh, Mark Mitchell defensive awareness there. Not a lot of love for Proctor, but we should have been talking. A lot about his defense this season. And I do think that will be another calling card for what he brings to Duke next year.
1: You're 100% right because obviously Derek Lively takes the headlines because shot blocking gets a yeah. lot of headlines. Everyone can see a seven foot one guy swatting shots at the rim and adjusting shots at the rim. Mark Mitchell defended the opposing team's best wing, but Tyrese Proctor, he was one on one with the opposing team's best guard. And we all know in college basketball, guards really win. Um, And Tyrese Proctor was a sensational defender. And again, you really can't quantify it in terms of stats unless you go back and you're either singly watching Tyrese Proctor or you go back and watch the tape. Um, And Tyrese Proctor was an outstanding defender. He didn't get enough credit from Duke fans, from national people about how good of a defender he was. I think you're going to see that a lot this year um, because a lot of people have him projected already as a lottery pick.
0: Don't mind that. Yeah, I, I love the fact that um, he's obviously got the professional career ahead of him, and then he's going to be able to play uh, with guys that were originally in his class uh, and, and leading the way for Duke. It was a team that only had Roach and Blakes coming back going into this past season, and now multiple players are going to be able to lay out what it means to be a Duke basketball player. And so Proctor being one of those lead guards, I think is going to be important. Uh, buy stock in Tyrese Proctor. We can't say that enough. I-, I think we were promoting that message this past season and folks were um, wanting quicker returns on the product. Right. And as we said, the shooting numbers took a little bit to come along. But big picture to look at this, like you definitely need to buy stock in what Proctor is going to be able to do.
1: hundred percent. He's going to be one of the best guards in the country next season
0: can't wait to see uh, it all play out and that sort of thing so Kevin as always it's a, a absolute pleasure to have you here with us on the show we'll have to do this again sometime soon thanks for the time man thanks for stopping by
1: absolutely JJ thanks for having me
0: that's Kevin Connolly the site expert for Ball Durham make sure you go check out balldurham.com for he and his team's great coverage of Duke basketball and so much more that's going to do it for today's show as always go Duke I'll talk to you tomorrow my name is JJ Jackson thank you and good day